I love what I get to do. And that gives me the life to go build this business with them. I love that I get to tell a great story. I love I get to be part of a family business that I care about. I think that gives me the same energy as people that are passionate about the choice of the product that they're going after. It's very opposite answers, but that's the truth about our life. Welcome to season 10, baby. Over 200 episodes later, we are here. I'm still fired up. I'm still so excited to bring you fresh content on the Visionary Life platform each and every week. And I want to thank you for tuning in today. We are one of Canada's top business and entrepreneurship podcasts, but it wouldn't be possible without our listeners. So Again, thank you so much for being here. This season, I'm trying to optimize everything so that you guys have the best listening experience, the best guests to tune into, and I can't wait to deliver high-quality podcasts that you guys look forward to and continue to look forward to every single week. So to kick things off, I decided to bring you an epic interview with the founders of... Midday Squares. So Jake Carls, Leslie Carls, and Nick Saltarelli are the guests today. Yes, we're kicking off with a bang. There are four of us on the mics today. And we are talking about how to build a family chocolate empire and how to stay grounded and sane while building a business with your fam. So sitting down with Midday Squares for an interview was a dream come true, you guys. I had followed their work for so many years. I snack on their products every day, and I am addicted to their content, their podcasts, their Instagram, their TikTok, because... It is so damn good. They are leaders in the food and beverage space here in Canada, not only because of high quality product, but also because they are transparently sharing the behind the scenes of building their business, documenting the highs, aka getting listed in Walmart and going international and the lows. So spending years and tons of money to develop a new flavor only to have it flop and never be released. It was such an honor to sit down with them and to record this episode live in Toronto with a studio audience, and it was a lot of fun, and I think you're going to get a sense of that. And I know that our conversation will be one that you guys love and that so many of you are also obsessed with MDS, and so definitely take a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode and share it. So before we dive into the episode, I just want to give a big shout out to the CHFA for inviting me to join in and to do this live podcast recording. Thank you to the staff at the Beanfield Center for getting the audio just right. Thanks to the MDS team. You guys are so much fun to interview. You made my job easy. And to my fellow podcasters at the event, This Commerce Life and the Fill Your Cup podcast, it was so fun to hang out and meet you all. Uh, You guys all made the day so enjoyable. And as always, thank you to Healthy Planet for supporting our live podcast and for being such big supporters, not only of this show, but they're also huge supporters of MDS and their products. So you can find Midday Squares at most health food shops and grocers and online. And honestly, go find them on Instagram or TikTok because their content is truly magnetic. And finally, if you've been thinking about hiring a business and marketing coach, please head to my website, KelseyRidal.com. I'm now accepting applications for October and November, and I would love to help you to grow your business. Finally, I feel like I've said finally a million times, let's do a giveaway. I'm going to ship one of you. Yes, you, you could be the winner. I want to ship you some midday squares straight to your door with love from me and from the midday squares team. So 
to enter this giveaway, head over to my Instagram at Kelsey Rydell. You're going to see a post there with all of the details. It'll be in the pinned post uh, and it'll be super easy. You can enter as many times as you want to increase your chances of winning. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in. So head to my Instagram, pause the episode right now, go follow the instructions there, enter to win yourself some midday squares shipped straight to your doorstep. And I love you guys. Let's get into this episode with Jake, Leslie, and Nick. Well, we've been recording that whole time. So that dance party is going to make it on to season 10 of the podcast. But um, welcome. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, I cannot wait to record this. As I mentioned to Leslie, this is going to be the first episode of season 10 of the Visionary Life podcast. So we are super excited to kick off with the team from Midday Squares. I know they bring the energy and they bring the crowds out. You guys love their product. You love their energy. And today we're going to dig into some of the behind the scenes stuff, uh, maybe questions that you've never been asked before. And we're going to go all over the place. So Super excited to kick off, and uh, for those of you who are in the audience, really stoked to have you here. Uh, my name is Kelsey, I'm the host of the show, and uh, there will be a chance for questions, so definitely if you have something you'd like to ask one of the founders, we will have time at the end. So let's get right into it. Are you guys up for playing a game to kick yes. this off? Yeah, yeah, let's do nothing's it. Nothing's off the table, Kelsey. So okay, go. nothing's off the Some table. Things are I'm going to file that away. Yeah. So nothing. <laughs> nothing's off limits. So we're going to do kind of a most likely two, but we're going to pair it with midday moments, which I just made up. So okay. <laughs> I'm going to say a most likely two, and between the three of you, you're going to say who is the most likely to fill that role midday. Okay. okay. So. Who's most likely to bring energy to a midday meeting? Jake. Leslie. What? <laughs> <laughs> the it's an authentic podcast. Okay, Jake. Thank you. Jake. All right. That, that's what I would have thought, too. You seem to have that, like, <laughs> zest always. Are you always at a 10 out of 10? No, or? I can't. Okay. I'm, a, I'm actually on a performance improvement plan. Um, with his with girlfriend. My, with my girlfriend at the current moment because... My energy is extremely low when I get home, unfortunately, because mm. I'm so tired. Yeah. yeah, and she probably wants you to have that 10, not, 10 not energy 10, for her. Maybe like an eight. <laughs> eight. Yeah, seven. she's like, at least come home at a seven for yeah. me. Yeah. Okay, who's most likely to order midday pizza? Oh, me. Nick. Nick, yeah. Mm, love that. All day. Who's All most day. likely to have a midday meltdown? Me. Nick, Nick, hundred percent. Yeah, it's dirty. It's dirty. Yeah, <laughs> midday is when Nick Nick starts like, crashing. Trevor could show you some content from some <laughs> midday meltdown. Love it. Who's most likely to brainstorm a wacky idea? Les, like Les. I don't even need to yeah. wait to. Yeah. She yeah. made the music nope. video that we did a create a diss track to Hershey's, and she made a video. About no it. context though. So so, so we'll, it'll be like the middle of the day, and you'll be completely focused on something else. And she'll come into the office and, and she'll just go. And you're just like your brain somewhere else. And she's, you know, OK, we're going to send a midday squares to the moon. We're going to land it this way. And then you're just like, oh, but I'm I'm, tr- I'm in an Excel sheet just trying to focus on something. No, but so- something can help when that. you get creative. Something funny is the other day, I don't know if anyone's seen the Red Bull when they jumped off the uh, thing in space. Yeah, they came flying. Leslie just saw it recently. Like <laughs> I did. Ago. Yeah. Her brain started going there. She's like, is this possible that midday squares could do something of that extent? And we're like, Leslie, just well, we want to feed the aliens. Take, take, take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Not Red Bull yet. I love that. I'm all for those visionary ideas, Leslie. So you and I, we can connect after. Love it. I love <laughs> Who's it. Who's most stylish around the office midday? Jake. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. I would agree, Jake. Yeah. The Freddie Mercury jacket. Yeah. So yeah. we have a yeah. Freddie Mercury jacket that has like the, the pterodactyls on it, leather, and mm. we wear it with a beater. Gets people going. 
supposed to bring the CHA. We didn't. Yeah, I need I'm to see photos of this. I'm rattled by that. we didn't bring it. Yeah. <laughs> Next time. And last question. Who can turn a negative into a positive midday or just any day? Oh, Leslie. I think Leslie. all three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leslie more, more, me, more, more me than than the two of you. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. say. But you've been you've been very good in the last three months about that. You're talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like Leslie's like consistent across the board, but you, it's like the I, last three months, your brain like shifts on another down, level. Yeah. The plane's going down, and you 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 release the air, so it pops back up. Mm-hmm. That's what we gotta do sometimes. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, thanks for playing along. So let's get into some questions. Jake, I want to start with you. You write a lot on LinkedIn, which does anyone follow him on LinkedIn? Some really juicy nuggets there, and I feel like you are (laughs) freaking wise beyond your years. I'm always like, oh, yeah, that hits home for sure. But something that you wrote, you said there's a lot of noise and pressure in this world to be a certain way or follow the standard playbook, and it's easier or more comforting to just follow the herd than to go against it. So I'm curious, like, why is it so hard for us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, to follow our own path? Why do we succumb to following the herd? Well, thank you. First of all, I actually want to shout out someone in the crowd because they're here and inspired me to actually get on LinkedIn and post my life. Mike Fada in the house, he was the first reason why I posted on LinkedIn. Um, but it's a great question. We, I believe, a society, and this is my opinion, I am no expert, um, are trained to think in a box. And we are trained to go down a path that keeps us in this box of where the herd goes. And I went down that path. I started to be an actuary. I tried to study to be an actuary. It's a really difficult, for anyone that don't know, it's statistics and math, very deep statistics and math. And when I was doing it, I was doing it for everybody else. I wanted to prove to everybody that I could get a job as an actuary, have a stable life, and just do it for the sake of doing it. And that was my path. Basically, my whole life, I was going in that direction, and I felt this deep loneliness and misery inside of me when I was going through it, but I never showed it. I was always like, I'm the happiest guy, I'm the frat, I'm the fun guy, the sports guy, and that was me just hiding that. And then as soon as I started entrepreneurship, and I felt this this freedom unlock, and when that freedom unlocked, I was starting to be able to be more proud of being who I am and confident in who I was. The dancing that we just did earlier in this podcast is authentically me. In the past, I wouldn't have done that because I would have been scared of the judgment of others because in society, people judge each other. And the judgment's not about you, actually. And this is where the kicker, the perspective was key. The judgment is because the person is going through something. It's on them, not on you. And the second you you realize that, you accept that, whether it's a troll, whether it's a someone around you that says something, you'll never care. And I always say, if, you're your, your, if you are yourself, you have your best chance at winning. That's the exact chance that you get. And I think the three of us here, and many people in this room, embody that unapologetically themselves. And I think that that's what makes you special as a human. Mm-hmm. I would love to add, though, on to just like, why do I think people, I think you're trained your whole life to, especially in the civilization we live with, you know, Trev, one of my teammates has come from different uh, civilizations and different parts of the world. But in our North American mindset, I find that we're trained to, you have to have it all figured out. You have to have a plan of where you're going to go X, Y, and Z, and this is the way it's all got to play out. And so we become um, risk adverse and we become very defensive in our strategy, even though we think that we're not being defensive, um, because there's comfort in a plan that feels like a sure thing. But more so than not, that plan is a sure thing because you're usually holding yourself to what the average has already done. And when you're looking at the average, 
you're saying, well, if X, Y, and Z did it that way and had an outcome that's that way, and if I follow that plan, I should have the same outcome. You hold on to that comfort. But really, uh, I believe at least true breakthroughs lay in the paths that are not taken by anybody. That's where you really find the juice. Um, and so if you want to have a really seismic outcome, and, and a lot of people, when I say outcome, they think it's like financial reward that I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about at all. It's just like how big of an impact you have on the world that you left behind in your way. I think it's impossible to do it without traveling a path that hasn't been traveled before, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. It is so, I love what you guys are bringing up around outside of the box thinking. So the three of you, you're entrepreneurs. So I assume you've kind of trained yourselves to like always be challenging yourself or catching yourselves in moments where you're playing small or playing inside the box. You're like, okay, no, like we got to think a little bigger guys, especially if we have these big visions that we're trying to accomplish. What about for the team you have built? How do you encourage them to adopt that outside of the box thinking or do, do you instill that in them? Yeah, I think are coming from, what their previous previous experiences were, especially in the workforce, um, what was it like for them at their last job. Uh, and so you have to really take the time to understand uh, your people and where they come from and how to motivate them. So I think for us, it's all about having strong um, core values, you know, really using those core values in uh, our town halls and reiterating them and highlighting people that are embodying the core values and continuing to course correct on how we see things, how we do things at MDS um, and, hard, and conversations. hard conversations, exactly, lots of, lots of them and, and leading by example and motivating, right? Like at the end of the day, um, as the founders, yeah, we are always thinking really big. We are always thinking outside of the box and it could be intimidating for our team, but it's how are you, how are you empowering them to also think outside of the box and think big. And so I think it takes a lot of effort and it takes it doesn't just happen overnight. You're not gonna just have that culture. We're still working on it. I mean, we're, we're far from where we need to be um, with, with inspiring the team to think like that, but mm -hmm. you just you rinse and repeat and, um, and empower people to, to be bold. Bringing a little stoicism to it too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's very important for your teams to know at all times the true reality of the situation. Like, I think our team is really all in with us because we're like, okay, hey, here's where we could potentially run off a cliff. Here's what we're doing to prevent that. Like, this isn't a sure thing, right? Midday Squares is not a sure thing. Even still today, we are working our ass off to make it a sure thing. Mm -hmm. But there is still, we talk about it all the time. Are we crushing or crashing? I mean, the margin of error is so minimal. So sharing that as a rallying cry in the organization helps everyone be bold with you, which is like, okay, it's not this secret thing we talk about behind closed doors. Like, we're killing it, but oh my God, we could crash. You know, like that's, that's not how we do it. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think confidence is key, right? At the end of the day, you, you got to be confident. You got to, you know, have confidence in the decisions that you make every day and you need to be right more than you are wrong. And so mm -hmm. you're going you're gonna to fail with some of your decisions, but you got to lead with confidence. So I know you guys started MDS from your kitchen. So 
did you have that confidence and who was empowering you in those early days or did you have to build up your own confidence and really empower yourselves because nobody else maybe saw the same vision? Where did that come from? I think something interesting is is the three of us were in a bubble, like a hardcore bubble when we started. I'll never forget, like there was almost like no noise. I felt like there was no noise around me because the three of us were together almost 18 hours a day and that allowed us to fire each us each other up and like i remember like when one was down or two was down one was up always pulling and we had this like rotation and the three of us actually were never down at the exact same time and i think that that was something that was very important at the beginning and over time i think what what helps us now is surrounding ourselves with folks that inspire us help us think more boldly, you know, can actually help us on certain things that we don't know because we don't know everything. And I think that that's something important to do as time goes on and as you grow as a business. I would add to that that, you know, I've been an entrepreneur entrepreneur for over 10 years in the making, same with Jake and Nick in, in different industries. And I think, you know, um, when I started Midday Squares, it wasn't the first time I, you know, took the leap to try something and fail at something. Um, so I had the confidence from my previous failures. Uh, and I think, you know, brought up the noise. I think blocking out the noise is really important and getting into your own bubble because people are going to think you're crazy. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people <laughs> thought I was crazy. And uh, when we told them we were launching a chocolate bar like company, people are like, what? No, my mom like, literally like, called they, me. To yeah, ask they me were if I was concerned. Okay. Yeah, and I think, and no, I think, no yeah, joke. it no was, no it joke. was, it was intense. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, like confidence, like you have to fake it till you make it. Like we're all insecure. Like we all have our shit. That's the reality. But you got to show up and you got to be confident. And over time, like you start trusting your gut more, and you're more and more confident. In your decisions, you, the decisions that you make, come full circle and. You know, but it, you don't start with that level of confidence. You just go and you can't overthink it when you start entrepreneurship. Like if you overthink it, you're never going to do it. That's the reality. Like, if I knew what the stress and the no. intensity of midday squares today, let no. me fucking tell you, yeah. I wouldn't do it. I'll tell you that today. Like I wouldn't manufacture. I wouldn't do it. We still look at each other sometimes and we have these moments where we're like, should we just quit? Like this is the pain is unbearable. Like yeah. it, at some moments, it really but, is. But then there's these little things that I think is important to celebrate: is the little wins, like the little tiny things that happens. For example, at a store, if you find that the merchandising expanded and you got two facing instead of one, that might be minuscule because it's one little store that's doing it. But that gives you the energy and life. It's showing you a sense of validation that something's working. When you start to move that, things start compounding very fast. And when we're feeling down. That little win could be that customer saying a video saying, you just made my husband's day or my, or my daughter's day. And that gives us that natural boost of adrenaline or energy to continue doing the mission the that we believe. It's addiction that keeps it's you in the game. It's addiction that keeps you. It could be bad or good, to be honest, because if addiction's dangerous, then you know it, it's not a it good place. It is an addiction, though. Yeah. Scary addiction. If we go back to the early days, you make the product, it's ready to be shared with the world. I'm curious, what were some of the things you did to build up your first hundred true raving fans? Yeah, I, I mean, so when we started Midday Squares, um, we decided to launch. So we didn't have uh, some big following at the beginning on social media. And I'm just going to take that for an example, because social media is a really powerful tool um, that's ultimately free, right? You can use it and you can broadcast yourself. And so when we first started, Jake was really um, felt really strong about us putting ourselves out there and documenting and telling the story. And I remember, you know, when we launched our Instagram, 
we all individually had what, I don't know, 800 followers, a thousand followers. So we tried to do what we what we could to pour over that community to our midday squares page and. I think people were really fired up seeing us in the kitchen making this product. And because we only launched it in the Montreal area when we started, we were doing home deliveries. So it was really exciting. Like we would see us earlier in the morning in the kitchen, like rolling the dough out and pouring the chocolate on. And then we would get in our car and actually we couldn't afford Canada Post. It was too expensive. We just got in our car and drove around the area and delivered packages. And then we would meet the customer and 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 that really built a Content. strong community from day one. Like people were really excited about it. Um, so yeah, I would say. But it was it was methodical. Um, yeah. there, the, you know, you're saying that we shared the stuff. Yeah, we did share it to our personal feeds and stuff like that with maybe like three thousand followers between the three of us. But I think that. What's interesting is if you look at our content, we focused on kind of showing the good, the bad, the ugly of building a business. It's a reality show on entrepreneurship. And where this came from wasn't just out of thin air, kiss to the sky. It was, if you watch Shark Tank in the late 2010s, it was growing like wildfire. Entrepreneurship was becoming celebritized, similar to what chefs were in 2005, 2006. You had MasterChef, Food Network, all this stuff. Then you have stuff like Keeping Up the Kardashians reality shows where people were becoming addicted to the drama that was happening. And this is a family business, and this we're not with the posh life of the Kardashians, but I said, there's a chance of this drama. These are serious relationships that have history with each other that are each different personalities. And then we're entrepreneurs. And the third thing was, if you look at Elon Musk, whether you love him or not, his social media following has grown tremendously over the last 10 years. He is the Tesla marketing arm. He's there the is Tes- no marketing. Yeah, and, he, and, and what he did was, what I just said to them, I said, guys, day one, I remember August 4, 2018, I said, we are going to take Keeping Up With The Kardashians, we are going to take Elon Musk's boldness of being bold and speaking out, and then we are going to take Shark Tank and make a baby. And that is going to be the marketing plan. I think ultimately our idea was to build community. And I think when you're in a store with 50,000 products um, and you watch our show, you can relate to Jake, Nick, and I or somebody on our team in very different ways. And so when you go into a store with 50,000 products and you see our product, you naturally feel this connection to us. So you naturally want to buy and partake in what we're doing. Um, And so it starts feeling like you're buying from a friend or, you know, like a lot of, you know, a lot of times we'll hear locally too, it feels like I know you, you know, I watch you all the time. It feels like I know you, I love supporting you. When they see we're having a really hard time in the business, well, they can go to the store, pay $2.49 and support our journey. And that's powerful. Mm -hmm. I I think like for me, the piece that wraps it up on the, I was not sold on the content part of this at all. I remember when Jake was pitching it, and <laughs> I just wasn't. I, I really wasn't. And, and But there was one slide that was really, like, that took it home for me, which was, hey, we're going to act like a band, and instead of selling records, we're going to sell chocolate. That was, like, where it came full circle for me. Mm-hmm. Because what is a brand, right? Like, you're, 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 you're peddling an emotion, a connection, the same way music has been commoditized forever, when you roll it up, yes, there's thousands of incredible singers all over the world. Why do so few make it? Because they don't know how to necessarily package into a community that people want to support you when you're on stage. And that really made a lot of sense. And then we started acting like a band. Like I remember early on when we were doing photo shoots, I mean, nobody was putting our, our, our photos in magazines. Like We were just doing it because we're like, hey, what would a band do? And that's what a band would do. Build fans, not customers. 
I love that. And I think it would be easy to look at what you guys have been creating over the past many years and just say, oh, that just comes so naturally to them. But it sounds like you actually have made a strategic operational choice to put yourselves out there, to show the highs and lows and the behind the scenes. Like, it doesn't feel natural probably every day to just turn a camera on what's going on. It is. It was not natural at all when we started. Like my previous company, I like to be behind the scenes. Yeah. And in this company, Jake's like, well, you got to be on the camera. And I would say for four months, I hated it. Yeah. Uh, it was cringe for me. I didn't like speaking to this thing that I didn't know who I was speaking to. Um, but you get, you do it, you get better at it, and it becomes second it's nature to you. Like we, you know, have invested in videographers from early, early stages of this business. And, you know, we're used to it now. Like we are video, the, the cameras are rolling. 24-7. When people come into our environment, they notice it, they they feel it, it's uncomfortable for them, but it was the same thing for us when we started. And there still are moments, like, I'm always really nervous when I have to do a live podcast or uh, a speech or a public public speaking, and it, it doesn't get old for me. Like, it's it's not easy. It doesn't 100% come natural. For, for, for the record, if you ever got access to any of our footage, you would be able to cancel me 17 times from Sunday. I mean, 17. some of the shit that's been said on that thing, if you cut it properly, wow. So you have to be very comfortable with it. I think yeah. something a great example of something that's interesting is, yes, we have videographers following us in our homes, literally in our private life, I guess, um, and also on trips. And I'll never forget, one of our videographers came with me to New York, and we were pitching a serious investor, serious, in quotations, and the guy just started putting the camera on and I saw the guy's reaction the investor's reaction he didn't know what to do he was like his brain was fizzling out he couldn't focus he's like and I, I was like dude are you okay he's like is he filming I'm like yeah and like I'm like I knew right then and there that was not the right person to have on our investment because they didn't understand the vision of that that is in our DNA so it's not weird to us but obviously we ask permission and all that stuff but um, I think that that's something that's powerful right is is having that at all times you only think about that in a reality show like Jersey Shore or like something like that but you don't think about it in a CPG business but why not why not take the entertainment world take the CPG world collide and that's what you guys have done so brilliantly is like bringing what you love from other industries and looking at the reality television industry. And even like you said, we're a hybrid of Kardashian and Elon Musk. And like we're the baby of that and trying to produce something completely different. Who do you like better, the Kardashians <laughs> or Elon Musk? Many of you dream of one day launching your own business. However, you might also feel super hesitant to take the plunge, opting instead to stay inside of your comfort zone and to stay stagnant. But how long are you willing to put your dreams on hold? And at what point will you decide that it's time to take the leap? Only you can answer these questions, but it's important to remember that there's never a perfect time to start a business, except for right now. There will always be risks and always be uncertainties, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go for it. If you're passionate about your idea and you're willing to work hard, then there's no reason why you can't achieve your goals and turn your dreams into reality. The Visionary Method has helped hundreds of people to launch a coaching business, consulting services, and to step out as successful online entrepreneurs, and we want to help you to do the same. So starting September 13th, I am so excited because I'm going to be working with another small group of you who want to launch your online business and get a rush of new clients. And I have every single tool and template to help you do so. I make it really, really easy. And this is all possible inside of our 90-day accelerator. The 90-day accelerator is perfect for you if you want to package up, price, and sell your services. If you want to open your calendar and see all these dream clients booking in, 
If you want to learn simple and precise marketing strategies that I have compiled for you, this is going to be the program for you. You've heard me talk about the Visionary Method coaching before, and I know private coaching is not necessarily the most accessible price point for everybody, which is why we've assembled these small group cohorts and the feedback is epic. Our students are leaving their full-time jobs because their business is flourishing. They're having sold out launches. They're signing multiple clients in one day. And above all else, they are finally living their own most visionary life and doing what they've always wanted to do for work rather than staying at a job they simply do not like and do not want a future with. So if you head to KelseyRidal.com, just click the banner along the top of my website and you're going to submit an application to join the Visionary Method 90-Day Accelerator. As soon as I see your application come through, we'll also get on a call and just talk about where you see yourself going, what type of business you want to build, And you and I can just jam on some suggestions and whether or not this program is actually even a good fit for you. So again, we start on Tuesday, September 13th. So do not wait to apply. We would love to see your application come through, even if you're uncertain if this is the right next step. There is never any pressure when we're chatting. I promise you, I want you to make an informed decision and be 100% confident before you join our 90-day accelerator. And I will honestly tell you if it's not a fit. So save your spot by enrolling today or heading to KelseyRidal.com to apply. And I cannot wait to get on a quick call with you to see if this is a good fit. So again, KelseyRidal.com, click the banner and you'll learn all about the accelerator and you can apply from there. Can we get a a show of hands who likes Elon better than the Kardashians? You like the Kardashians? <laughs> neither. Oh, I like the neither. The neithers are good. There's always the, the, the neutrals. So there's a lot of people in this room who are... <laughs> Monica, you're so fire. Shout out Monica from Healthy Planet. Early believer in the brand. Um, there's a lot of people in this room who are building businesses and they probably feel overwhelmed by the idea of marketing. You guys are talking about turning cameras on yourself, having videographers, social media has been powerful, but it also sounds like word of mouth and referral and, you know, just adding those simple touches that are unscalable for lack of a better term. So I'm curious if somebody in this room is feeling like they need to be doing a better job at marketing their brand or their business but they just feel completely blocked. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I think number one, you need to be doing, like to what Jake was saying earlier in the conversation, do what makes, uh, what's authentic to you, what's authentic to you, mm-hmm. uh, 100%. And I think, um, you know, marketing is a really like wide term. There's so many different forms of marketing. Uh, so I think it's it's, don't overthink it, just start. And I think, as you continue uh, on your journey of figuring out what it is and how you want to market and how you want to build your brand, uh, you'll 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 iterate, you know. And I think if we get analysis paralysis when we think too much, it's like just start doing and you'll you'll tweak along the way. I think that's important. There's entrepreneurs in this room. Here's a simple tip that works that's very easy to humanize. And some say it's not scalable, but I believe it is if you just spend 30 to 45 minutes a day doing it. Could be in the morning. Is send a voice note or a video message to your customers that are supporting your fans get on and say hey monica what's up thank you for supporting us we love you so much and we appreciate you that little thing of saying monica the name will make that person feel very special that can then change this person to go out at a dinner table that night and say you wouldn't believe what this brand did today 
dot, 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 and you've potentially gained now five more customers. They're not hard tactics, but that was authentic to us, is sending those still, videos. It still is, and I think, like, for me, what I get turned off the most is when people will say, even till this day, well, how do you scale that? Well, what are you so fucking worried about scaling all the time? Stop worrying about scale and worry about super fans. Like, super fans are the ones that just bring the brands to the next level. And... And so what if we can only get to 300 customers every day? Like we're going to make sure that those 300 that we get to feel something really charged up about mm -hmm. the interaction uh, on that deep level. M one thing that Jake taught me that I never knew before this is momentum. When you start building, you need to build momentum. And it could be anything. Whether you're not comfortable going on camera, that's fine. What you need to do for yourself is build momentum. When you start building momentum, it's mini wins. And you take the mini win, you go to the next win, and you feel it. You feel the tides change. It's they crazy. turn. Doing your bed in the morning could be a win. Yes. I'm telling you. No, you're laughing. It's fine. Let's go. <laughs> no, but you're right. But that's a momentum give. It's like Zets, go. Or sex. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. You're right. No, but you're right. Sorry for the inappropriate language. Bring it on. No, we are an explicit podcast, so you can say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> you guys are visionary entrepreneurs, so I imagine, and we've already alluded to the fact that you get a lot of ideas in the day. But what role does optimizing what already exists play in your day to day? Do you think about that balance of new ideas versus optimizing what's already been set up? Yeah, I, I, I think Les pushes the limit on this, so yeah. I would I want your opinion. <laughs> well, I think I think for us right now in the stage that we're at in our business, we almost want to oversimplify um, yes. our operation and our model and really become world class at what we're doing. So you know, limited SKUs um, and you know, implementing the right found like the, the structure, the foundation, you know, the standard operating proce processes that we need in place, um, you know, to really grow in the right. way. Way. So I think for us right now, we want to optimize what we're currently doing and even, you know, let go of some of the things that we're doing and uh, get get super focused on, you know, our, our, our few SKUs and, and do that. That being said, we're opportunistic and we want to keep an open mind because I think that's important in entrepreneurship. So we do come up with ideas and we can, you know, identify, do we want to look into, do, does this make sense for us now? Does this, you know, you align with our P&L and what we've decided to do for the year? Tell them the story. Uh, this is a story I, I really want. There's a lot of stories. No, but this, tell, them yeah. Yeah. tell them the story <laughs> about TikTok. We, right, we focus so much on an Instagram platform, then this new platform comes along and, 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 and yesterday must die and just how incremental you've been with the team and getting that done and the success you guys have had. Yeah, I think, listen, you, you need to make quick decisions, I think. Quick decisions are important. Speed matters. Um, but when it came to Instagram, like Instagram was our uh, main uh, social platform. I mean, LinkedIn has grown tremendously. I mean, the power of LinkedIn is, is, is incredible. Get on LinkedIn. But we'll talk just right now about, you know, Instagram where we started. We've built a community on there. But Instagram is not growing the same way other platforms are growing, i.e. TikTok, i.e. LinkedIn. Um, and so we decided to pivot to really building our videos in a way that made sense for the TikTok platform and then just repurpose it because right now we have limited resources. So you make one video, um, you know, and then you repurpose it on your other platforms. But 
the, since we've done that and we're still figuring out, you'll see some videos on our TikTok that make no sense. But we're, again, it's all about being Humbling a, a scientist and trying many different things and not caring about the likes, not caring about the comments. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, but focusing on how do we blow up on this platform by doing it the way we believe, but also making sure we understand the formula. Um, and we and TikTok has been um, starting to really hit. Starting to hit, and it's it's starting to reward us. And you know, overnight we gained ten thousand followers. So, you know, and it's again, it's not just about the followers and likes. But the beautiful thing, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, is these platforms are free. So if we can build awareness, you know, we're going to launch X, Y, and Z retailer. If we could build awareness of our origin story and our our product. Yeah, that's huge. Why why wouldn't we do that? But right? it was so. wild to watch them do it. So like the, the humbling experience is that when you get good at something, you have to also be okay with it potentially dying on you and then having to relearn this. And it was like watching them at the beginning of the summer and you see all this work going into TikTok and we're not hitting. Like I'm telling you, our videos would go up like a thousand, thousand three, eight hundred. Views, not even views. likes. Yeah, no, we're talking just viewage, yeah. right? Um, and the discouragement in that was interesting to watch. But then there was this mind shift of, no, 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 no. Things don't happen overnight. We got it. They had to continue. I can't take any credit. And then you started seeing a 10,000 view hit. Okay, we're getting somewhere. And you keep iterating on that. And you're at a 30,000 hit. And we're all screaming and all that. And then we hit our first million view video. Then it we takes hit another time. million view video. Like this stuff takes time. And so and the we're humbling. still we're still on the journey, you know. But yeah, I think listen, you know, you gotta you gotta have the fine balance of big ideas and optimizing mm-hmm. what's in front of you because continuous improvement is a real thing. Like you're, you're never not optimizing what's in front of you, you know? And I love that you guys are clearly in it for the long haul, right? Yes. Like you're not looking for quick gratification necessarily. You've been posting on TikTok for how many months now? And it's finally taking off, but that's only because you showed up, you showed up, you showed up. And now key. you're on the upswing. So speaking of the long game, uh, final question from me before we put it to the audience. If I could wave a magic wand and we are 10 years into the future or five years into the future and Midday Squares has grown by... 100x like you guys are massive what is your best guess as to why you have achieved such a level of success that's a great question yeah. oh, I, I have an answer if you no, go ahead go, go ahead go, crush it no, no honestly it it's because if i tell you our board our investors the people in our year we make really whacked bold decisions that are terrifying to a lot of people and we do it consistently over and over, and we don't hit on all of them. We are wrong on some, but when we hit right, we hit really big. Mm. And I think we fought so much from a, a an investor level as we've gone to keep the vision of the boldness that we're trying to do when it was easy. Like I'll tell you, when we were raising our last financing round, we could have easily probably raised a $20 million higher of a valuation but put ourselves in a situation where this specialness would have been at risk. And that's the hard decisions I'm talking about. And so when we're going to be at the top, which I really believe we will do, it will be uniquely the way we've envisioned it because we've been protecting all of the scoundrels that want to try to get their paws on this thing. Mm. And that's been the really hard journey. 
Yeah, and I think also just extreme focus. And numbers are really important. Like, you know, at the beginning, you usually can't afford to have all the right people in place, you know, as you're building. But being able to run the company really through the numbers is important. It gives you clear visibility. It helps you make decisions. And without the numbers and understanding your numbers really well, that's that's where you, you know, there's always a fine line between, like, killing it and going bankrupt as in a startup, fast-growing startup. So numbers are really everything. I think becoming the new age dominant chocolate snacking company, um, no one has really challenged Mondelez, Mars, Hershey's, Nestle um, at the highest level. And I think that you have three people here and people behind us and with us that are willing to fight that battle to the top. And I don't mean legal battle. I mean like a battle of where is the future consumer eating? What are they? What chocolate are they eating? Are they really going for the cookies and cream and Reese's? Those are great products, don't get me wrong, but I think the frequency has dramatically dropped. So who's the next one? And I think that's what we want to do is next 25 years, be here, sitting here, right here with all of you, talking about the future of our next 25 years. And I think that that's really what we want to do. And we're in no rush. Mm. Long game. I love it. Um, we're going to put it out if there's one or two questions from our live studio audience. Does anyone want to ask any of the Midday Squares team a question or uh, share a gratitude for them? Yeah. When's the cookie dough launching? Oh, when's the cookie dough launching? You have someone sitting next to you. Like, <laughs> we're looking to launch uh, mid-December. Can I tell a story about cookie dough, though? On what that story aspect? do you want to tell? Let's, let's, not, let's not have questions. Yeah, another, a lot of stories well, over here. the cookie dough, and I think we could add an even better answer than just that, is like we had a huge failure. We tried to launch coconut chocolate. Okay? We yeah. tried. A full year of our... Two years. Two years. A lot of dollars. And we scrapped it at the last moment because we just... We have the mantra, if it's not fuck yeah, it's no. right? And it just it didn't get there. And we could sit and talk about all the energy and time wasted on that. But the sil there is always a silver lining in life. And during the development of that process, we came across by accident a flavoring of butter without having to use butter. And the second you have a butter flavor, you're in range to make an incredible cookie dough. And so cookie dough was a result of a perceived failure internally that is probably going to actually lead to what's going to stratosphere us to the next level came from a loss and that's really important to, well, I to think, think, think about. as you challenge you know continue to challenge uh, recipe and development and you you push the boundaries you know you're going to continue to learn so much about development and what's out there and how to use things in different ways you know and think creatively and I think the last two years um, there was a lot of challenges that we had to overcome when it came to co coconut, um, which sparked more creativity and more ideas. But the, the flavor is phenomenal, and it will be number slow one. launching mid-December. It will be number one. Slow launch mid-December. People leaned in for the story but didn't get, get the answer. <laughs> slow launch mid-December. Slow launch mid-December. Yes. But by the way... Healthy, healthy kind of exclusivity. Yeah. <laughs> You guys can continue that conversation. We'll talk later. <laughs> Monica's going to talk us next time. I love it. Always, Monica. Die we had another one question. One question. Yeah, let's go. Only to... one. Stand up. <laughs> come on, stand up. Actually, can you come up to the mic? Oh, How hot is that? That's yeah. the hottest, sexiest thing I've seen in years. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, interesting you guys talked about your journey and how hard it is and some of the challenges. One thing, Jake, that you mentioned was when you come home, you know, you, you don't have the energy to continue. So 
I know as entrepreneurs, I'm dealing with that as a father myself, and we're trying to you know build a business and the founders of our company. What would you guys say um, you need to do for yourselves to make sure that you keep that not balance? I don't even like the word balance, but just you know that that your personal life doesn't sacrifice mm. in in results of the business because you guys have to stay healthy yourselves. I've definitely fucked up that one. I think, um, think no. Jake, you're the one in, that I'm in really answer I'm this. in a danger territory right now, and um, I have people around me that have given me you know, tremendous advice in actually caring for those things. Even though there's so much crazy noise and you're, you're trying to build something very special, you do need to step back because it's very dangerous, and burnout is real. Like It's something that you go through. It's not just an energy loss. This is like the way your brain functions. So you might be completely fired up and working out and all that stuff and then come into work and feeling that you're good, but your brain is completely fogged because you are actually burnt out, and you will not function. So I think it's like, for me, what I've learned is you have three things in life. You have the scene, which is like your like play and all the games and all the dinners, the vacations, the partying if you're doing that. Then you have your family, which is your, your, your spouse, your family, your, your, your close friends, I guess. And then you have your career. I think two or three can be optimized at once. Trying all three, you're going to get none. And I tried all three and personally failed. So I think that that's something to note. And now, so I'm working on the two, two at a time, I'm doing a lot better off. I would say for me, um, the, most, the most valuable thing that has helped me on my journey of entrepreneurship is therapy. Um, in therapy one to two times a week. It's, it's therapy slash, slash coaching. Um, it's, it's helped me in my personal life, in my business life. And um, for me, there is no balance. Um, you know, Nick and I are married. We work together. We're co-CEOs together. It's very, very hard. Um, we made the decision not to have kids and to make our decision to, you know, freeze our eggs and maybe look at it in a couple more years because we don't understand balance and it leaks in, it, 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 the, it goes seven days a week, 18 hours a day. And uh, for me, therapy has been the, the most important outlet and um, you, you learn to manage it. But I think once we accept it, that this is it for us, uh, it's been better, you know, instead of trying to separate it because for us, at least we're in it all day, it, it, it can't be separate you know so it is hard so it's just really finding what works for you you know and figuring out how to like for us it worked to accept it and for other people it works to work through it right so I think it's really teach them but therapy has been so important uh, for me on this journey it's the same therapist it's yeah it's a, he does yeah it's personal it's business we meet together as a trio uh, once a week, we meet as a duo and individually. So, Doctor Dr. James Gavin, yeah. yeah, just to say yeah. on that aspect, just if anybody's looking, it's I think you want uh, a therapist that is dealt with high performance. Um, so, Doctor James Gavin's that behavioral therapy and and group settings is really like the key that you want to not like because not all therapies made the same, right? This is uh, and that's why we see them all together individually. Is he's got you know he's a master at what he does for a reason i think some little thing that i've changed because i traveled 77 flights so far in 2022 it's a little degeneracy but i come home like i'll know that like let's say i'm away for three days i'll actually take the red eye home instead of taking the two o'clock from vancouver that will lead me till 8 p.m at night or whatever that has really helped um you just got to be flavorful and excited about that and be able to adjust your body to taking that um caffeine sponsored by caffeine you know sugar um all those things no, i'm kidding not those things obviously have health nutrition we have nutritionists in here but taking that extra day to come home earlier 
actually makes a big difference in my life at least and i've noticed some other entrepreneurs tell me the same i have some uh, for me i'm just going to tell you a quick story is uh previous to midday squares i started a clothing company and i would design clothing for the six foot skinny model and i'm five one and curvy and i couldn't wear my own clothes and i failed and i think that i wasn't a consumer of my own product um, when I started Midday Squares, I was making the product for myself and Nick um, because it's something we couldn't buy that we needed. Like we were looking for that afternoon kind of pick-me-up treat, but that was still better for you. And so we knew if we were consumers of our product, somebody else would be consumers of our product. That being said, there's so many different ways to do it. That was just my learning. And we were really able to like not make a heavy investment. We, we, we made it in our condo and then we started selling it and it did have product market fit. So that has worked for us. But again, there's so many different paths. I would, I would say I'm a capitalist, like a diehard capitalist. And uh, why chocolate? It's 142 billion uh, traded annually. It's the largest snacking item in the world. It's understood in every country. So there's no language education. Like if I give you chocolate, no matter where Chocolate-y. we are in the world, you know exactly what's up. Um, and... I really am a huge fan of Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett and their philosophies, less so investing. And I love this analogy is like, why go fish in a pond that has like a few fish when you can go fish in a pond that you guaranteed know has millions of fish? Like that's why everybody's fishing there. So yes, it's competitive and saturated, but you have a guaranteed 142 billion mega beast of a, uh, a vertical in chocolate. Wait, well, I mean, and then just, you don't always have to love the exact item, and, I, and that's my theory. Um, I'm a candy lover, um, so I love Sour Patch Kids. I, I'm obsessed. Like I eat those. That is what I talk about. I promote that stuff. Um, not that it's the healthiest things in the world, and Mondas, you know, it's a whole nine yards there. But I love what I get to do, and that gives me the life to go build this business with them. I love that I get to tell a great story. I love I get to be part of a family business that I care about. I think that gives me the same energy as people that are passionate about the choice of the product that they're going after it's very opposite answers but that's the truth about our life <laughs> okay kelsey wants to wrap it up okay yeah. it's time to wrap, wrap it up now it's for respect of our live studio audience but yeah. um yeah thank you guys so much what is the best way so we've got a live studio here we have thousands of listeners what's the best way for people to support you if they're listening in they've enjoyed the conversation they're really vibing with the three of you with the product how can we support you well, you can find the re- you can find the product at Healthy Planet in the fridge, and <laughs> another retailer is always looking in the fridge. Otherwise, follow us on social. Follow the journey. Go down the rabbit hole. See if you even want to be part of our journey. But even before trying the product, and then go out and have the product. Instagram at Midday Squares, TikTok at Midday Squares, uh, podcast Midday Squares Uncensored. That When's is, the podcast coming back? Oh, it's back. It's back. But oh, we, yeah. we only go once, once a month, or once, cool. twice a month. Yeah. yeah. So the podcast, I think, is your best place to really get to know us if you're into podcasts in a really intimate way. And www.middaysquares.com store locator. Check it out. Find the product. So Let's They're go. all around Toronto. Every store I go in, Greenhouse Juice, Cabin, like all these markets, I'm like, they all have midday squares. It's epic, guys. So congrats on all your success. You. Can't wait to catch up in a year or two and see where things have progressed to. And yeah, we will look forward to following the journey online. So thank you. Thank we you for you. having us, Kelsey. We appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. 
I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method business coaching experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.